welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Wonderful. So great. Hello. Good to see you. Um, it's, been a, it's been a really good year. Um, ups and downs, lefts and rights, round and rounds, challenges, um, crappy stuff going on, but so much good. It's life, hey? Um, it's been, a, it's been a, a great year. This is my last sharing for the year, which is good. Um, so excited about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a very different year than last year. Um, last year was very challenging. This year was challenging um, and, and so much gold and growth. But last year was super challenging to the point where I had to take four or five months off to just sort out some stuff. Um, just to go on a journey of discovery on how I was wired and uh, just a whole bunch of stuff collided. Um, some deficiencies and difficulties really collided with all the hats that I wear. Um, we've all got hats that we wear. We're, we've got responsibility, we've got authority and responsibility in lots of different places uh, to lots of different people. And, and that just collided. It got to a tipping point where I had to address it. And really, the grace of God to open up a space and a time to address it. Um, and I was going to say it's easier not to, but I'm not sure when it gets to that point it is. <laughs> um, and when we can think it is, because we think on the other side of change and addressing and adjusting and and, and being vulnerable and honest, we think we can, we can understand that there is breakthrough on the other side of that. But what's required to get there seems almost not worth it. Even though we want that and see that, and that's not an outcome, but that is consistent freedom and consistent fruit and the consistent feeling of oneness with him and the the momentum that comes from living with him and keeping in step with him we want we all want that it doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen and we don't ever feel emotions that hurt us sadness and distress and grief and loss and pain and tragedy and frustration and and disappointment we something we don't feel those things but the anchor for our soul, Jesus, the hope for our soul is in it all and through it all. So we navigate all of those things different when we're in step with him and when we're with him. And we want that. That's the goal because trials are always. Yeah? Trials are always. Let's say that together. <laughs> but they are. So the great key is... Is, is learning how to navigate life and trials really well with the Lord. That's the key. The lie is we've got to just try and get through the trial. Because <laughs> there's another one waiting for you. <laughs> I mean, come on, there is. So, I mean, that's super negative, hey. But it's not. It's, it's reality. It's like honesty so the work required to become the person that can handle the dream that he put in your heart which I've said a lot requires stuff 
It requires change. It requires adjusting because you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. So often what we want to do is have a mixture of how we want to live and a, and, and a mixture of what the Lord has for us. Because remember, he made this up. He, he's the maker. He made it up. He knows you intimately. Like sees your coming and your going. Every day recorded. Every hair on your head. Every quirk. Every nuance. Every bit of weirdness. Even potting up cactuses in the rain. Like I was yesterday. I was watching the golf yesterday and I was... The dopamine was flowing. I'd had my health drink at about 6.45, had really quality great time with the kids, had a cold shower. Brilliant, by the way. Nothing quite like it. Two-minute cold shower. And then, and then waited an hour before that health drink to have the coffee and the toast and to watch the comeback of Tiger Woods. But then halfway through... I was getting a little bit bored and, uh, and I looked outside and I saw the pot that I got last Christmas, still not, still not potted up and my, my one metre blue torch cactus, which is in perfect condition, wow it is beautiful, was sitting there unpotted and it was pouring rain and I thought I need to do that right now. So out I got, and I got the six ingredients required for cactus potty mix, and I mixed them all together, and, and just it was a scene, and, and God loves that about me. God absolutely loves that about me, and, and, he, and he loves how he put you together. He loves the, the nuances, the, the, the intricacies, the, the uniqueness, how he formed and fashioned you. And he factors all of that in, to with the dreams he he factors it all in because he made you and he called you for for much and for for purpose not just for pleasure so he factors all of this in he sees your uniqueness and your wiring and the dreams in your heart uniqueness and wiring and how he's made you then he sees the dreams in your heart the the passions and the joys he sees it and he loves it he put them there and then he sees the, the challenges and the obstacles. He, he sees it, he's seen them all, he sees them all, and he will see them all again. And then he sees the work required. He sees what needs to adjust. He sees what needs to change. He, he sees the things in our lives that need to change in order to live in what he has for us. And we think that it's going to take away from our life, but he's actually saying to us, throughout this year that if we could identify them, address them, 
and allow him to work in us, it's going to be a great benefit to us. It's going to be life-altering and life-changing. And it is worth it. It's worth it. Because we just get used to the way that we see and the way that we think and the way that we come to church and the way that we shop at the shops and the way that we pray and the Lord's calling us into a new normal. And we shared a whole bunch of this last week and I might touch on a little bit of it now but we really feel that the Lord is inviting us into a new normal because we've heard so many sermons and he's actually inviting us into living it out. To applying it. Because we've heard a lot. Information's excellent. Revelation's even better. But the critical key is the applying of revelation. Because unapplied revelation leads to familiarity. And familiarity, being so familiar with something that hasn't transformed us, hurts us. And for us to go where we have never been before and to experience things that we've never experienced before and see things we've never seen before and done things we've never done before, it really does require us to do things we've never done before. And that's challenging. And that's what I was really facing last year. It's like, do I go on a journey and sort stuff out? Because I actually thought this morning, I'm like, I'm not, I was getting just some, some great supplements together this morning. Um, just because the food that we eat doesn't, it's not great, you know, just in life, just the way food's rolled out these days. It's not great. So we supplement because our body needs certain things. And I've learned that there's certain things that my brain needs and it's been a big journey spiritually with the Lord, but also physically. And, and this morning I just thought, oh, as I was doing it, I was like, oh, I'm not on medication. And I, and I kind of, and, and if you are, excellent. No shame. But, but I thought, I don't want to be on stimulant medication for the rest of my life, for the way that I'm wired. I don't want that. It didn't feel good. It helped areas, but it just didn't feel good. So I went on another journey. Man. Exhausting. Went on another journey to sort out some, just some great choices in life, like learning some healthy options. Because again, I'm, I'm called to much. Like, I know what I'm called to. This isn't it right now. This, this is like 30 minutes on a Sunday. This is part of it, but it's a speck of what it, what it is. I know what I'm called to. And I know the things in my life that are going to hinder and hurt me from living in that. And we see it as an obstacle, but the Lord sees it as an invitation. The things. He, he invites us into change. He doesn't demand change. Religion demands change. Religion demands you to change so that. But Jesus invites and enables because he's kind. He doesn't, he's, not, he's not mean. He's not harsh. He's not forceful. He invites us into change. And it's not outside of him. He invites us to himself. He says, hey, who's tired, who's weary, who's burdened? Come to me and I'll give you rest because I am rest. Like I am the fulfillment of Psalm 23. I am the good shepherd. 
I am peace, I am joy, I am hope, I am rest. Come to me, I am the good shepherd. In me, there's no lack. So when on the journey, and this morning I'm like, yeah, that's good. I'm not on medication. Again, no shame. It was my goal not to be because of the way it made me feel. And I'm like, it's worth it. Allowing the Lord to work in us is worth it. And I'm not finished. I'm not, it's not, it is worth it. It just requires stuff from us because we've got our routines and structures and our quirks and nuances and we've also got, here we go, our dysfunctional thought patterns and belief systems. You are so dysfunctional. <laughs> Let's all say that together. I am. No. It's in tension with the finished work of the cross. Because we've got a list of who we are right now. And we're not in lack. Our spirit's perfect. Our soul's got patterns and neural pathways and, and habits. And some residue that's on a beautiful journey. The renewed mind journey. And it's worth it, guys. At the end of this year, it is worth it. It's worth the vulnerability. It's worth the pain of honesty. It's, it's worth the, the, the feeling that it could be embarrassing. It's fairly embarrassing as a senior leader to feel like you've got to take five months off because you're cooked. It's not a great feeling. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we go again. Had some challenges 10 years ago and just the shame of, of like, oh, here we go again. Is this, this going to happen a third time every 10 years, every five years, every, you know, and just the lies. Like, here we go again. But it's worth it. It's worth it because the fruit out of just sharing, tens of people have come up to me and, and might have been diagnosed with something that it's helped them understand how they're wired because it's not meant to be a negative to be diagnosed with something. It's not a negative to be honest. It's not a negative to realize. It's not a negative to be shown a mirror by your spouse. This is how I'm experiencing you. This is how I feel when you do this. Not when you do this, I. No, this is how I feel. It's not a negative. And change is important. And the most ridiculous phrase on the planet is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Oh, he's just like that. It's ridiculous. That equals pride. <laughs> That's not humility. That's not growth. That's not Jesus, you're not finished with me because I'm still here. That's not, I know you've wired me and created me and all my quirks and uniqueness you love, but some are hurting me <laughs> and some are hurting others. This is pretty deep, hey? It's really deep. We're on probably level eight, I reckon, or seven. But I mean, who just wants to, who wants a nice encouraging message anyway? 
We've heard too many nice encouraging. No, this is, this is nice and encouraging. I'm kidding. But we, honestly, we just get used to our normal, hey. We just get used to it. So much good stuff about normal. So much good stuff about routines and structure and systems that we put in place. So many good things. But some of our normals hurt us and hinder us. And Jesus gets that and he got that. And I was thinking this morning, like, like the Trinity thought it was a great idea that he, can't, that he came and deal with the sin and atone for the sins of people, all people, forever, forgive all sins forever, past, present and future, so that it's done forever. Every person that will ever live, their sins has already been forgiven and what they've got to do is acknowledge it, embrace it and receive him as Lord and confess that he is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead and accept it. But it's already been done. So the Trinity thought it was a good idea that Jesus come and become a man and, and, and go through the stuff that he had to go through in order for the joy set before him. Yeah? Which is you. So the goal and the dream was oneness with God. Exodus 25.8 says, build me an ark so that I can dwell with them. So the goal's always been oneness from the garden. It's always been oneness. Trinity thought it was a great idea to send the son, the eternal son of God, who has always existed and was the integral part of the creation story, 1 John 4 says, without him nothing was made. They thought it was a great idea that he'd be born as a baby so that he could make a new and living way through his body. The curtain was torn so that we could be one with God and live and dwell with him in us and on us. And not only that, but have the dream and the joys and the passions and the nuances and the intricacies all acknowledged by them and him and put in you and then cheer you on to live it out. Knowing that there would be pain and trials and discomfort. So he sent a comforter and a counsellor and a healer and an advocate and the spirit of truth to be with you. And not just on your side, but in you. And they thought it was a great idea to send Jesus. But the process of him being born in the manger, first in the womb of Mary, to accomplishing what he set out to accomplish and the ascension was a whole bunch of stuff where he was tired and hungry and let down and disappointed and frustrated and in great distress and highly anxious. Jesus? Yeah. Highly anxious. Felt every temptation that we've ever been tempted with. Has felt every human emotion that we've ever felt. But like, he's our great high priest. Who knows exactly what we went through. But the journey and the pain and just everything that he went through, not just on the cross in that four-day, that three-day period, but since being a baby... Like all the pain of 
and disappointment and joy, of course, but the, the, the full onness of growing up. <laughs> he said it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. What he would purchase. You. You were worth it. And he absolutely gets it that we get stuck in normal because it's comfortable. And a lot of it's great and needs to stay because it's good for our life. But there's some that he will highlight and press and touch and maybe poke a little bit more than others. And part of the Trinity's discussion might have been like, all right, Jesus, you've got a lot of work to do because they're in an old way of thinking. And you're, you're coming in a way that they are not going to expect. <laughs> they're going to cut. You are, you are going to. Here's the deal. <laughs> let's, let's go baby. <laughs> let's go baby, not like grandeur and king in robes and, and join that pharisaical system. <laughs> let's do that. Because they, they were not expecting the way it happened. They thought that was a great idea. And I was just thinking this morning, like, he was in charge, like, Jesus came and he was in charge of change management. He was like the change management officer of the Trinity, the appointed change management officer. You've, this is like, he needed a team of teams of teams, like delegation and people that are going to work with that team and that team and how are we going to go through it and just the process of change. He's going down to this organisation and he's like, how are we going to implement this change? Because we've got a new vision, guys. We've got new goals. We've got, we've got some culture and core values that we're going to establish because core values create culture. And if cultures outworked and behaviours and actions are implemented and lived out, then the vision happens. You know this. He's got a lot of work to do. He gets it. And he comes down. This is like his first teaching. I wasn't going to preach, but anyway. Um, <laughs> true story. Um, so Jesus, this is, so that's all happening and this is his first thing. He's like, all right. He's like, oh, we got to do this, okay. So this is his first teaching, 30 years old. All right, cool. We've got we to start explaining some things. This is going to be hard work, but let's do it. All right. All right. Teaching, gather around, guys. You've heard it say. <laughs> He's acknowledging they're normal, right? He's acknowledging they're normal. He gets it. We've all got a normal. But he's acknowledging theirs. He's just calling it. He's calling it out. Elephant in the room. I understand you've got 613 uh, Levitical laws, that you are under this system. You are under this law, but some things are going to change. He's like, you have heard it said. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Full on. So he's, oh man, how, how's this change management going to work? <laughs> he's upping it. Like he's talking grace and love. And it's like almost the old way is easier. 
Because then he moves on and he's like, all right, oh, we're not done. Far out. I thought that was tough. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. Oh, here we go. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in her heart. Woo! He keeps going. You've heard it. You've heard that it has said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Like this is okay. This is your normal. I get it. I know that this is your normal. That an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, that's stopping. Because I say, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them and give them the other one. It's ridiculous. (laughs) This one's a cracker too. We might just launch out of this one for five or ten. He's addressing their normal. You have heard it. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Like, that's legit. That's Old Testament thinking, fully appropriate. Yes. Stamped yes. Stamped yes, okay. Love, love, love them, love them, hate them. Sweet. So Jesus is like, this is your normal, guys. This is your paradigm. This is what you've been brought up with. This is what you've been taught. But I'm saying, you've got to love your enemies. And at that point, they're like, what is happening? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Your normal was to hate your enemies and your normal was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus came to introduce a new normal. He came to invite us into a new normal. And I would like to read this little paragraph that I wrote. It is very important for us to know that although Jesus absolutely came to change everything, he did not come to create and implement another religious system or structure. Say that again when the motorbike is no longer interfering. (laughs) It is really important for us to know that although Jesus absolutely came to change everything, he did not come to create and implement another religious system and structure. Jesus did not come to restructure an organisation. He came to give you a new heart. He came to make you new. He came to give you a new heart, not to polish up your old heart. He came to make you new, not to prop up your old self, but to make you new so that you could think new so that you could see new and you could live new Jesus came to usher in a new normal John 13:34 to 35 So now I'm giving you a new commandment So that's worth noting because there was 10 commandments. There was 613 laws. And Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. I mean, Luke 16, 16 says the law and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone wants in. So he's, he's like said, the law and the prophets were until John. 
There was a normal up until John. But since then, the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom has been proclaimed and everybody wants in. And then he says here, I'm giving you guys a new commandment. You've got a whole bunch of old ones, a whole bunch of normal that you've learned and implemented, but I've got a new one. And this is it. And it's impossible, by the way. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Verse 35, your love for one another will prove, oh no, oh no. I just got just, just, just challenged all over again. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. I've got a new commandment. This is it. I want you to, to no longer, it's not, it's not eye for an eye anymore. It's not tooth for a tooth. And it's not hate your enemies. It's love your enemies, and actually, I'm giving you a new commandment. And it is to love every person according to the way that I've loved you. (laughs) Whoa, it is good, but it's really hard. Because you can't force that, and you can't fake that. And you know where you're at with that. Every day. You know where you're at with loving people the way that Jesus loved you. <laughs> and then that's enough, I reckon, verse 34. But then he like jams it in and he says, and then he's like, it's like, jam it in. And then he's like, and this is actually going to be the way, this is going to be the way that you prove to the world that you're my follower. Okay, so it is impossible. Because remember the angel said to Mary, for man this is impossible. This whole carrying Jesus thing and living that out, it's impossible. But for God, nothing is impossible. A new commandment I give you, to love like Jesus. If Mitch could jump up, that'd be fantastic. To love like Jesus. And I I think this is the work. This is the work. This year. At the table. Allowing God to work in us. Remember what Paul said? And I love how Mel, Mel sang that today, like what matters What matters? Paul's like, I, I pray in um, Philippians 1, 9, 10. I, I pray that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you would understand what really matters. Everything rises and falls on love. And we know this. But the Lord is inviting us into a new normal. 
a new commandment I give you. That you would love one another just as I have loved you. Paul said this incredible thing after the transformation journey that he went on from being a terrorist, serial killer, into one of the greatest influential believers we've ever seen. And he got, he got to this point and he said this, Christ's love controls us. Many translations say compels us, which is more accessible. Sounds nicer. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Christ's love controls us. The love of Christ compels us. You can't manufacture this. I can't force myself to live this kind of life and out of this kind of love. I can't fake it. I can't force it. So how how do I live it? How do I get it? It comes out of when the disciples actually said, what are the greatest commandments? And although John 13, 34 and 35 trump Jesus saying these are the greatest commandments, there's still truth in this statement in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, where he said, these are the two greatest. I'm going to answer you, okay? There is a new one and that's the top but I'm going to answer you. And I'm going to just sort of collate the 10 into two. And it's love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, which is enough to unpack for a year. And the second is like it, love your neighbour. Is that it? Love your neighbour as you love yourself. So love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is like it, Interesting. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So Jesus is inviting us into a new normal. And the new normal is to love like him. It's going to be the foundation of everything we do. It's going to be the motivator while you're praying for someone in Woolworths. Loving them the way that he loves you. But you can't force it and you can't fake it. So what's the key? Oh, you've got to experience it. So your ability to love others like Jesus loves you, you've got to actually learn how to love God. You've got to actually learn how to love yourself. Our ability to love people is rooted in our ability to love ourselves, which is rooted in our ability to love God And our ability to love God comes from our ability to receive His love. How's your God love? 
How's your God love? How's your, how's your self love? How's your spouse love? How's your kids love? How's your family love? How's your neighbor love? How's your stranger love? How's your enemy love? Yeah, the Lord is inviting us into receiving His love all over again to the point where it actually controls us. Because we can't fake it. We can't force it. Let's stand to our feet. Why don't you come and grab communion? Don't be shy. Grab communion and, and take it back to your seat. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. I don't know how you're going to be able to... I've touched it. Thanks, God. Thanks, Lord. Yeah. Thanks, God, for the way that you love us, the way that you see us. Yeah, thanks that, that love is the foundation of it all. And help us not become familiar to this. Even in the middle of Paul explaining the gifts, the spiritual gifts, in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13 is in the middle. talks about love. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, make love your highest goal. But for us to be able to answer those questions, it's confronting. How's your neighbor love? How's your neighbor love? Are they, are they experiencing Jesus because of the way that you're loving them? Yeah, thank you, God, for the way that you love us. Yep. May the coming days and weeks and into next year, may we make it a priority to receive your love. Because it's our heart that we love you back. Through our lives, words and deeds. We love because you first loved us. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, in to do a work.
yeah, a new normal when it comes to love, that Paul's prayer that we would grow, that our love would grow and abound more and more in depth of knowledge and insight so that we would know what really matters. Yeah, why don't we partake of, of the cracker that represents his body that was bashed and whipped for wholeness, for health, emotionally and physically. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for wholeness. Yeah, we acknowledge Jesus, your blood. Yeah, we say again what the writer of Hebrews says, that that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. But we thank you, Jesus, that you became the perfect once and for all sacrifice who atoned for the sins of many. Yeah, we thank you, God, for what you did and made a way, a newer living way through your body that your blood was poured out. Yeah. Yeah, we acknowledge it. Again, in Jesus' name, let's partake. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thanks, God.